Aloha and welcome to A Dose of Positivity. I am your host, Donna Maltz, known to many as Mama Donna. And each week I invite positive, knowledgeable guests to share their wisdom, passion, inspiration, and their determination to positively impact our world. You will meet the most incredible social and environmentally responsible activists, artists, entrepreneurs, musicians, health and wellness advocates, making a difference with their lives and their careers. The goal here is to bring you more positivity into your life. We invite you to share your goodness and inspiration, ask questions, and please invite others who are looking to be part of a positively positive transformation. Thank you for joining us. Now it is time for a dose of positivity. Aloha, it's Mama Donna here, and I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today on a dose of positivity, Dr. Natasha, Dr. Natasha Campbell, and she is going to blow your mind. I have been following this woman for years and I think you will too. From now on, you will understand the gut microbiome and how its relationship to the earth, your health and everything makes a huge difference. Those microbiomes, that gut flora. And Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, she holds a degree in medicine and is a postgraduate, a postgraduate degree in both neurology and human nutrition. She has a clinic in Cambridge and she specializes in, and that's Cambridge in the UK. And that's why I'm recording this call and she's so gracious to be here. Um, but she specializes in nutrition for children and adults. So if your kids are around, you might want to bring them into this conversation. These, this is really specifically geared to behavioral and learning disabilities and adults who have digestive digestive and immune system disorders, which is the majority of the people in the world. Dr. Campbell um, set up the Cambridge Nutrition Clinic in 1998. And as a parent herself, she uh, had a child who was diagnosed with a learning disability. And she was acutely aware of the differences and the difficulties facing other parents like her. So she devoted much of her time to helping these families. And she realized that nutrition played a critical role in helping children and adults to overcome their disabilities and has pioneered the use of probiotics in this field. She believes that the link between learning disabilities, the food and the drink that we take and the conditions of our digestive system is absolute and the results of her work have supported her position on this subject. In her clinic, parents discuss all aspects of their child's conditions, and she's confident in the knowledge and are confident in the knowledge that they are not only talking to a professional, but to a parent herself who has lived this experience. Her deep understanding of the challenges that they face puts her advice in a class all to its own. And I am beyond grateful and honored to have you here today, Dr. Natasha, to give us an overview 
of the GAPS diet, which I stands for gut and psychology syndrome, gut and psychology syndrome. That's what the GAPS diet stands for. And we're going to be talking in this hour today about getting to the root cause of chronic illnesses, including mental health. Now, if that's not a dose of positivity, I don't know what is, man, I could talk about this forever, but Dr. Natasha, I I am so excited to hear from you. And so if you would kindly share with us some of your background information about who you are, where you came from, and how the GAPS diet um, became the results of your finding from your history and your past work and moving forward. Thank you for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. My name is Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, and I'm the creator of the GAPS Nutritional Protocol, which has become a global phenomenon. I came to this work uh, through my own family. I'm a mainstream doctor, a neurologist by training. And uh, when my first child was diagnosed with autism, very quickly I've discovered that my own profession had absolutely nothing to offer to my precious child. So I had to look wide, uh, how to help him, how to save him. And the result of all that work is the GAPS nutritional protocol. My child now is nearly 30 and he is a healthy young man leading a normal life. So he Mm -hmm. was my first teacher. He taught me that autism is curable and he taught me that there is nothing incurable, really. He still is my teacher in many ways. So having started with him, I then started helping other families that I knew with autistic children. And uh, people started bringing other children to me with ADHD, ADD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, asthma, eczema, and various other illnesses. Very quickly, I've discovered that what caused autism also causes, is also a cause of all these other disorders. And then I quickly discovered that the parents of these children are not healthy either. They have digestive problems, they have chronic fatigue syndrome, they have migraines, they have chronic cystitis, they have autoimmune illnesses, allergies, and uh, mental problems too, mental issues too. It can be very mild or can be more uh, more serious. And uh, I've realized that the whole family is gaps. The whole family needs treatment. Because where the child's autism came from, or ADHD, or asthma, or eczema, or diabetes type 1, rheumatoid arthritis that's where the illnesses in the parents came from too from the same place and that's how the concept of gaps was born gaps stands for gut and psychology syndrome and gut and physiology syndrome both in the english language abbreviate to the same gaps i have two books uh, to this effect the first one that came uh, came out in 2004 first Uh, gut and psychology syndrome this has launched the concept into the world and gut and physiology syndrome came into in 2020 this the yellow one focuses on the brain this one focuses on the rest of the body so the whole body is covered they do not repeat each other these two books they cover various uh, different areas so they complement each other so what is gaps we have a person with abnormal gut flora. Majority of people today know that we have microbes living inside our digestive system. An adult can carry between two and a half to three kilograms of microbes inside their digestive system. 
Uh, did you say a nettle? A nettle. That's right. Between two and a half to three kilograms. So it's a, it's a very large group of microbes. It's a huge microbial community. A nettle like the plant? Oh, I'm sorry, a nettle like the plant? A nettle? Adult. Oh, an adult. A human being, an adult. That's right. Sorry, that's my accent, perhaps. I know. An adult. Okay. An adult. That's right. Yes. So, and this microbial community, what the researchers are telling us, that 90% of all cells in the human body are in that gut flora, in that microbial community, 90%, which means that your body is only 10%. It's a shell, a habitat for this mass of microbes that live inside you. Mm-hmm. Then we went further and we discovered that there is nothing microbe-free in the human body. We have microbial communities in your blood, in your abdominal cavity, in your lungs, in your heart, in your liver, in your kidneys, in your skin, in your joints, in your bones, in your muscles, in your brain. Everywhere there are microbial communities. So we now talk about microbiome which is the full microbial community of the human body. So human body basically is a microbial community. So when we attack it with antibiotics or some other antimicrobial things, chemicals, we need to think very carefully what we are attacking. Who are we attacking? The gut flora holds the majority of that microbiome. That is the the big ministry. That's the headquarters of your microbial community, which your body is. when the gut flora changes, everything changes everywhere else in the body. That is why the statement that the father of modern medicine, Hippocrates, made thousands of years ago, all diseases begin in the gut. This was his conclusion. Today, our research in microbiome confirms that statement. Mm-hmm. Indeed, your body is a microbial community. The center, the beating heart of that microbial community is in the digestive system. So what happens in the digestive system will affect everything in the rest of the body, almost instantly, very, very quickly. No matter how far away from your digestive system an organ may be, like the brain, for example, our psychiatrists still don't understand what connection can the brain have with what's going on in the bowel, in the digestive system of the person. There is a direct connection because the brain also has a microbial community and all of it is connected in your body. If you ask any microbiologist, what is the most effective influence on a microbial community? The answer immediately will be food. You change the food supply to a microbial community in a Petri dish, everything changes within one hour. In a few hours, everything changes. Certain colonies disappear, other microbes proliferate, they produce trillions of babies per hour, So this means because your body is a microbial community, this means that food is the most powerful medicine in the world, bar none. (laughs) Nothing in the world can come close to the effect, the power of food, the effect of food on your body. Any morsel of food that you put into your mouth changes everything in your body. Because where does that food go to? It goes into your digestive system. And inside your digestive system, there is the headquarters of your microbial community. Those microbes will immediately eat that food. They will respond to it and they will change 
the composition will change. And as they change, they will change everything in your body, in every organ, no matter how far away from the digestive system that organ is. So now we uh, we have a lot of research into what the gut flora does for us. It it takes a huge part in appropriate digestion and absorption of food. Uh, it it um, protects the gut and looks after the gut. It does a lot of things for us. Problem is, we human beings are very good at creating imbalances in nature. Mm. And human body is a part of nature. As we destroy our environment and our beautiful planet, we destroy ourselves because your body is like a planet as well and it's connected to the big planet. Yes. People think that they can destroy the environment around them and be okay themselves. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Everything that you do to that, you will do to yourself as well. We filled our environment with chemicals and other influences which destroy the microbial community in your body and which alter it. You cannot destroy microbes. They're indestructible. You cannot get rid of them. It is impossible. And uh, what you do by changing the environment, you change their composition. Wow. That is health. Yes. And health means a certain composition of microbial community in your body. There are viruses there, bacteria, fungi, protozoa, archaea, all kinds of creatures. And every one of them is important. And every one of them should be there. Because they all plant each other, harvest each other, control each other, don't allow any one of them to get out of control. But when you have a balanced community there, they all sing a beautiful symphony of health. Your body is full of health, it's music. When you kill off a bunch of those microbes, for example, when you take an antibiotic, Hmm. you kill off a bunch of microbes. So part of that microbial community suddenly is gone. The rest of the microbial community then gets out of balance. The balance is gone, the the harmony is gone. So your body, instead of singing a symphony of health, starts singing something like heavy metal or something (laughs) like that, a cacophony, an absolute cacophony, which is disease, Mm. a cacophony of disease. And the problem is that nowadays people eat antibiotics, take antibiotics not only from doctors, but every time uh, you eat breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and in between. Because majority of humanity buy their food in supermarkets. And who stocks, stocks the shelves in supermarkets? Industrial agriculture. Industrial um, agricultural complex. Where the most important thing for them is profit. If you ask two people to grow carrots, for example, one person you ask to grow carrots for the best health benefit, while another person should grow carrots for maximum profit. These two people will grow carrots in very different ways. And this will be very different carrots. Very, very different. Industrial agriculture is all about profit. Majority of industrial chemicals that are used and other influences that are used are antibiotics in their nature. One of the most uh, widely spread and widely used um, chemicals is glyphosate. That's a, a herbicide in Roundup and other formulas. And it is a broad spectrum antibiotic. That's how it was patented when it was first discovered. So we're eating antibiotics for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and in between, if you are buying your food from supermarkets. You are damaging your microbial community in your gut all the time, all day long, and uh, you're damaging the rest of your microbiome in the body all the time. 
Kundalum. Apart from these antibiotic-like chemicals, <clears throat> we have electromagnetic pollution, which has a huge effect on everything in the human body, including the microbial community. We have all sorts of other influences that we have created in our modern world, and all of them are destructive. So when a person has damaged gut flora, and hence damage the rest of the microbiome in the body. It's not singing a beautiful symphony of health anymore because there is an imbalance in there. Um, the person becomes a gapster. That's mm. what we call them. It's a gaps person, a person with gut and psychology and gut and physiology syndrome. What happens? Pathogenic microbes overgrow in the digestive system. Everything you eat, you swallow in there, they immediately start eating it. And they process it in their own sweet way, producing millions of poisonous chemicals. At the same time, they damage the integrity of your gut wall, making porous and leaky. Your gut wall becomes leaky. It becomes like a sieve with big holes in it. Yeah. So as a result, food doesn't have a chance to be digested properly before it absorbs. A lot of food absorbs undigested. Then the immune system finds these undigested food particles in your body, in the blood, in the lymph looks at them, says, you're not food, and attacks them. This attack manifests itself as a food allergy or intolerance. If you ask any person in the Western world, in particular nowadays, vast majority of people have some kind of allergy, some kind of intolerance. So the problem is not with food. The problem is with your gut wall. When we heal, what, what the GAPS nutritional protocol does, it heals and seals the gut wall. It closes up all these holes in the gut wall. As a result, food starts digesting properly before it absorbs. And your food uh, allergies and intolerances disappear as a result. But while your gut wall is like a sieve, not only undigested food absorbs, but all those millions of uh, poisonous chemicals that the microbes produce, right. they also absorb. And they circulate around your body and they cause disease wherever they got you these allergies, these reactions, the immune system is rushing around trying to deal with the whole situation, launching inflammation, launching autoimmunity, using other tools that the immune system has, and uh, you get a disease. And it can develop in any organ, any tissue, it can be systemic in the whole body. Hence, all diseases begin in the gut, every one of them. Autoimmunity, every autoimmune disease comes from the gut. If you have rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or multiple sclerosis or psoriasis or anything else, it's from your gut. In order to heal from that disease, you have to start in the gut, healing your gut. You have to go on the GAPS diet, GAPS nutritional protocol, because that's what this diet is designed for. It's designed to normalize and rebalance your microbial community and heal and seal your gut wall. It basically builds a new gut wall for you. Wow. Shiny new gut wall without holes in it. The way it's supposed to be. Then the allergies and intolerances disappear and that river of toxicity that comes from the gut and flows all over your body stops. Gradually it turns into a trickle and eventually it stops. The body has a wonderful ability to detoxify, to cleanse itself. It does it all the time. We have a powerful detoxification system in our bodies with the headquarters in the liver and departments in every cell of the body. So when that river of toxicity stops coming in, the body cleanses. Yeah. It removes all the toxins that already came in over the years of the illness. 
and you recover. Because every chronic disease is caused by nutritional deficiency in combination with toxicity. Wow. These are the two things that cause every disease, chronic disease in the world, including cancer, including chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, neurological illnesses, hormonal illnesses, and, and so on. Talking about hormonal illnesses, Every one of those microbes. Wait, wait. Can I ask you one second? Because you, I, I, my, my, my head's going crazy. I'm so excited. You, you said two things. Can you just repeat those really clearly? Uh, the two things that you were saying. Every chronic disease is caused by two things: lack of normal nutrition, proper nutrition, and toxicity. And both come from the gut. Because where does nutrition come from? From your digestive system. If your gut is in such a state where it's, it's full of pathogenic microbial community in there, and the gut wall is damaged and porous and leaky, then food doesn't digest well. You can be eating the most expensive, the best quality food in the world. But right. if you cannot digest it properly, you're not going to benefit from it. Yeah. Most of this food will be absorbing undigested and only causing allergies, intolerances, and not really nourishing you you'll be developing multiple nutritional deficiencies. That's what happens when in, in gaps. I, and I, at the I, same time, that pathogenic microbial community produces, uh, converts that food into a myriad of poisonous chemicals. Sounds like exactly Some what's ha happening in our soil too. Um, just, just speak to that a little and then I, I, I'm, wow. I can't wait to confer this conversation just you and me too, because this is like so incredible. Um, Talking about soil. Yeah, talk about soil. soil. Yeah, soil is a microbial community as well. It's a powerful and very rich microbial community. Every microbial community in nature, as, as the basis of it, has fungi or fungi. Just people, different people pronounce it differently. Uh, fungi or fungi. Fungi grow long micelli hundreds of meters long, 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 long protrusions. And this each micelli is about 100 times bigger than the bacterium. So this micelli in the soil, it's called mycorrhiza in the soil, this fungal growth in the soil. They create a roadwork in the soil, motorways, streets, lanes, roads, you know, all, all kinds of roads, it's a motorway. And along that motorway system, Bacteria, viruses, and other creatures create their little towns, their villages, their hamlets, they, they, they build their houses. And this motorway system delivers nutrition to them, water takes away the wastes from them. So it's like a very highly, soil is like a very highly sophisticated city with streets and lanes and uh, gas supply, electricity supply, sewage, water, communications, you know, everything in, in there. So it's, it's, it's a highly organized, uh, structure soil problem is what does our agriculture do uh, industrial agriculture they plow they till digging soil should not be done with this new understanding we must not dig the soil because when you stick is stick a spade into the soil and you turn you, you lift that piece of soil you turn it upside down and then you break it mm. you've broken that roadwork in the city the whole city is broken the gas supply stops, electricity stops, water stops, you know, no communications. The, the, the city cannot function anymore. Leaky gut, leaky gut in the soil. That, that's right, leaky gut in the soil. So the soil just turns into a dust 
and it dies. Without microbial community, it dies. It turns into a dead dust. Normal healthy soil, which has that mycorrhiza and has that uh, microbial community, powerful microbial community, it holds water. It holds almost 100 times its weight in water. So mm. when it rains, the soil just swells like a sponge and it holds all that water because the soil has substances in it like humus and other which just swell and they hold huge amounts of water. If you plow the field and destroy that microbial community and then spray chemicals on top, uh. which would kill the microbes and then just destroy the whole thing, the soil turns into that dust. It cannot hold water anymore. So the rain just runs off very quickly from it and floods the village downstream or a town downstream. Western world is suffering from flooding every year and it's getting increasingly worse. It's because of industrial agriculture, because of what industrial agriculture does. Yeah. Soil also is a, a major store of carbon on our planet, the biggest store of carbon. Yeah. And carbon is stored in the soil in the, in the form of a polymer, which keeps carbon there for hundreds of years, called humus. It's a carbon hum polymer. Humus, H humus, humus right? Humus. humus, that's right, humus, humus. Humus is produced by microbes. It's the microbial community that creates it and produces it. When mm -hmm. we plow, when we till, when we apply, when we dig, when we apply chemicals to the soil, humus get dissolved, get destroyed, and all the carbon from it is released into the atmosphere. So whatever yeah. carbon is up there, uh, you know, whether we believe in global warming or not, or whatever, but the reason increase in carbon up there, it's thanks to our industrial arable agriculture, growing plants right. on a rotation basis. All people uh, grow around me here in, in Britain is wheat, sugar beet, and rapeseed on the rotation because these things are subsidized by the government here. And uh, the farmers just, and it's chemicals, chemicals, spray, spray, spray. Old yeah. farmers around say to me that uh, when I was a boy, there were worms in our soil and everything yeah. grew without chemicals. Today, if I don't put chemicals on my fields, nothing will grow at all. Yeah because the soil is dead. It's a desert. Thank Would God you... it rains in Britain, so we don't have sun dunes because it rains. But if it stopped raining in this country, we would have sun dunes, we will have a desert. The whole island will turn into a desert very quickly because the soils are dead. Because the life in the soil is the microbial community. Your gut flora inside your body is your soil. Right. And the roots of your health are sitting in that soil. We can see under the microscope, if you look at the roots of a plant, hair roots of a plant, tiny microscopic roots under the microscope, and the, the, the roots of your uh, digestive wall in your intestine and bowel, the wall of your digestive tract has finger-like protrusions called villi, and every villus, the microscopic, the tiny little things, and they're very long, they're quite long, they look like a root, and every one of these roots has got a, a microvilli on it. Tiny, tiny, very, very tiny, long, 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 long hairs. So the two pictures are almost identical. Right. The root system of a plant and the, 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 the gut wall of a human being. Yeah. They're almost identical. And when you look at the um, picture of a, a gut wall of a human being, you see that all these finger-like protrusions and tiny uh, microvilli and villi, they're sitting in the brownish, dirty-looking stuff. They're not just floating in the, in the space. They, they're all sitting in that stuff, you know, brown stuff. 
That's your gut flora. That is called biofilm because every microbe creates a little home for itself. Nobody can live in the open. Yeah. They produce sticky substances, glycoproteins and other things to create a little home for themselves from that. And because there's such a myriad of microbes there and they're all different creatures in there, their homes all mingle and mix with each other. And that's what creates this sticky brown stuff that is around your microvilli and your villi in your digestive system. Which is like exactly. that humus that we need, that, exactly. that like We need um, that. Exactly. For all intents and purposes, it is soil. It's yeah. got a similar structure to it. It's, got, it's a soil. And so you've got your own soil inside your digestive system. And the roots of your health are sitting in that soil. No matter how big a tree is, if the roots get damaged, that tree is going to die. Yeah. Every leaf, every branch, no matter how far away from the roots it may be, will be affected. Yes. The same with you. If the roots of your health, which are inside your gut, are damaged by food that you buy in the supermarket because it's full of antibiotics, then no matter how far away from your digestive system something may be, an organ or your cells, they're going to be affected. They're going to suffer. Yes. That can be your brain, can be your eyes, can be your skin, can be your fingers, liver, heart, lungs, kidneys, anything. Yes. Absolutely anything. So all diseases begin in the gut. We're talking about chronic diseases, every chronic disease. And in the blue book that I, I have shown to you, yes. I explain what is autoimmune illness. We've got more than 200 autoimmune illnesses now classified. I explain where chronic fatigue comes from, fibromyalgia, multiple sclerosis, neurological illnesses, hormonal illnesses, allergies, mental illnesses, all of these illnesses. They all come from the same place. That is why the treatment for all of these illnesses must begin in the gut. Whether you've got digestive symptoms or not. Some yeah. people say, well, my gut seems to be all right. You know, no constipation, no diarrhea, no pain, no gas. But when we start the GAPS nutritional protocol with the person, and when we test their gut flora, we find that the gut flora is very abnormal and their rheumatoid arthritis disappears. Yeah. Or depression disappears, or anorexia, right. or psoriasis, you know, or asthma, or allergy, or something else disappear. Wow. When I started as a medical doctor, you know, we all trained uh, in medical schools that there's a whole long, 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 long list of diseases which are pronounced incurable. They're incurable for the mainstream medicine because the mainstream medicine doesn't understand what causes them and doesn't know what to do with it. They can only offer you some um, symptomatic relief, some drugs which will reduce pain, reduce inflammation, make you a little bit more comfortable. But it's incurable yeah. from their point of view. But from the point of view of gaps, nothing is incurable. And my patients have taught me this over the years because I've been now working with this concept for 30 years. And uh, people recover from multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, schizophrenia, autism, Definitely every learning disability. Definitely depression is easy. Easy. Asthma is so easy to recover from. <laughs> Eczema is so easy to recover from. Psoriasis is easy to recover from. All of these illnesses, people just recover. And now I have a, a, um, a growing list of children who were diagnosed with genetic conditions, so-called genetic. And their parents were told, well, there's nothing to be done. Your child will just live a miserable life uh, and then, then actually die from, from this genetic condition, so-called genetic. 
we put them on the GAPS nutritional protocol. Many of these uh, conditions are have diagnostic labels which are unpronounceable. Basically, there's some obscure enzyme or something else. They recover. Yeah. They recover these children. Okay. And the doctors then say, well, that must have been a mistake. The diagnosis must have been a mistake. <laughs> so um, there is nothing incurable, including cancer. We, we now have patients who recover with gaps from cancer. Well, can you, first of all, I I just want to thank you so much for speaking my language, but being able to articulate it in a way from a physician who has 30 years of experience with this. Some people who listen might think, oh my God, this is conspiracy spirit, or this is too good to be true, or, you know, getting through getting this information through to as many people as we can i hope everybody who's listening to this on the replay will share this information as far as you possibly can because we're not just talking about saving your life and your health but we were talking about the direct correlation of our gut microbiome to the soil microbiome and it's out there right now the from from the u.s government all the way down to trickling to many other people speaking about this we have 60 years left of farmable soil because we're killing the soil we kill the soil we're killing ourselves so doing, following these protocols that we're going to be getting into in the next half of this conversation and really listening to Dr. Natasha right now, what one bite at a time, you are part of the solution for your grandchildren's 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 right now. Absolutely. This is a very good quote. I don't remember who's, uh, who said that, that we don't, um, how does it go? We don't inherit right. the planet. We right. borrow it from our children. I just posted that today. Mm-hmm. So, some, so, some, something like that. So uh, it, it's, yep. it's, it's uh, absolutely amazing how modern, current adult population of the planet doesn't seem to care what we're leaving for our children. Right. And our grandchildren. Because what all the damage we have done, they will have to deal with basically but but the good news is that nature is amazingly resilient and it recovers i'm an organic farmer we bought our farm uh, about nine years ago and it was a very damaged piece of land it was farmed conventionally with industrial agriculture for hundreds of years Um, so there was no soil basically there, there was no soil there was nothing and in nine years we've transformed this piece of land it's not a huge farm it's only 28 acres but we've transformed it into an absolute paradise. We have soil, we have worms, we have animals, we have just, it, it, it's everything grows. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Despite the fact that we are surrounded still by industrial agriculture, by the industrial wasteland, spraying their chemicals, we are thriving. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my land is just singing a beautiful symphony. <laughs> yeah. Nature is amazingly resilient. We just yeah. have to change our ways and nature will thank us immediately and it will recover. It's only nine years took us to do that. What is nine years? It's a blink of an eye in, in, in the history of the planet. So that can be done. The first thing that we all must do, we must stop buying our food in supermarkets. We have to abandon supermarkets. Yeah. Because supermarkets sell disease. Yes. You are not buying nutrition for your for your family. You're buying disease. Because apart from all the chemicals that that food is full of, 
and radiation and, and because they use radiation they use all sorts of practices that absolutely hair raising when you start looking into it it's unbelievable and then the food industry joins in which uses absolutely evil practices <laughs> there's no other word for it literally it's terrible what they do you know well, what they do with many vegetables nowadays not only they soak them in sterilizing chemicals these vegetables they then spray them with nanoparticles of plastic you're eating plastic right and they will not tell you that doing that because that keeps the vegetable looking plump and beautiful and colorful for months yeah without wilting and without um, spoiling and whatever so what you're okay. eating from a supermarket is disease on top of that if you look at the new science of biophysics this science will tell you that all food is information information and information every bit of information in the world has a vibration a certain frequency of vibration because we live in a world of vibrations waves and vibrations and what does the food produced by an industrial farmer vibrate it vibrates greed right. cruelty suffering chemicals forced these poor animals these poor chickens which never see the the light of day the way they treat it the poor soil that street soil, soil is alive it's a living microbial community it is suffering it's being killed it's being murdered yeah to produce all those plants for you and the plants that are produced there they produced in this suffering soil so what you buy in a um, supermarket you buying bits of information which vibrate suffering grief greed and disease that is what you're buying that is the information you're putting into your body the vibration that you're putting into your body how can that give you any health right we have hundreds of good real loving farmers in every country in the world who are just about surviving by the skin of their teeth because the governments make their lives very difficult with their regulations and meddling because all the governments are put in the place in the first place by the uh, industrial complex they serve yeah. the wealthy they never served the population they never did from time immemorial governments never served the population they always served somebody with a big wallet and they are appointed in that place by the big wallet in the first place they have given the population this myth of democracy <laughs> where, where the reality is very very different very very this, different. this is why you and i are, are censored from social media <laughs> This is oh, what I write about in Conscious Cures. I can't wait till you read it. But I, I really want to just say this one thing because this is super important. And I write about this too in the book. But I mean, what you said about supermarkets, I mean, it is going to be challenging. You know, it's challenging for me not to get certain things. I even make my own dog food, but that's another story. But the whole thing when oh, to me that really capsulizes everything what Dr. Natasha was just saying is you go into a supermarket and look at every one of them they have a pharmacy they sell the same drugs the drugs the exact drugs that you need to to counteract what you're purchasing in the same it, it, it is the same people own every industry right so think about that you go in and all of a sudden you realize Oh my gosh, I'm in the store. I'm supposed to be buying food to nourish myself and there's a pharmacy. It's the first thing, almost the first thing that you see when you walk into a, a, a supermarket. Well, we have proper good farmers in every country. 
And these farmers only survive if they've got a strong customer base. So if you find farmers like that and buy directly from them, not only you will be supporting a good person who loves his soil, he loves every microbe, he loves his animals, he loves his birds, he loves his plants, he loves his land, he loves all of it. And as a result, he treats it with love. So his food vibrates love. Mm. It carries information of love. So by buying his food, you're putting information of love into your body. And that will give you health, good health and vitality and joy, you know, enjoyment of life. It will transform your whole family because food is information on a basic nuclear atomic level. It's information, what information you're putting in. So we have to, in order to say no to the industrial agricultural complex, we have to say no to supermarkets. We have to abandon supermarkets. It's very simply done. What I recommend to my patients who live in big cities, you go to your farmer's market. Every city has a farmer's market. Speak to the farmers directly, get their contact details and say, can I visit your farm? And on the weekend, you just throw your kids in the car, get your dog and have a nice day. Yeah. Your farm. You know, yeah. it's lovely to have a day out like that. And uh, on a good farm, a good farmer like that will welcome you with open arms. He's got nothing to hide. There will be no, no refrigerators full of antibiotics and steroids for his animals. There will be no bags of chemicals lying about. You'll just see happy animals, happy birds, happy land, happy humans. You know, you'll see, you'll see beauty in there. So visit the farm, make a good contact with the farm and start buying directly from that farmer uh, once a week, just for, the, for your supply for the whole week. And as you found a few farms like that, you know, somewhere you get meat and another farm you may get eggs and another farm you may get vegetables or uh, what else you need. <clears throat> and uh, what I recommend in the city, you create a little cooperative with all your friends and family and other people who look for the same thing. And the farmer can actually put you in touch with other people that are already buying from him. And then you can make a router that this weekend I'm driving and buying for the whole group. You can all then drop into my house and pick up your bits and pieces. Next week, it'll be your turn. The week after, it'll be your turn. Yeah. So you don't have to drive long distances to get your food every week. Mm -hmm. You just have your rota. And when the group becomes big enough, many farmers are happy to deliver to one yeah. place in the city where everybody can then pick up. Their bit. So all it takes is just getting organized. That's all yeah. there is to it. And it's, it's mutual because you're not only providing your family with life-giving food, food that gives health and joy and happiness. You're providing a good person with a livelihood right. who otherwise will not be able to carry on with his farm. Absolutely. So I, I just, just a, a, a bunch of questions swirled in there um, for me. Um, so I do sometimes go to the store because and buy things. I go to a small local store or even like Costco has organic vegetables. They even are selling organic meat now, um, organic chicken. What what do you have to say about what I have to say thing? is that yeah, what I have to say is that organic standards have been hijacked. You yeah. cannot trust an organic label in any supermarket. Yeah. About 10, 15 years ago, the big industrial complex saw that people want clean food. People are fed up with eating chemicals. 
and that organic foods becoming more and more popular. And of course, they wanted a piece of that pie. And because they're in charge of the government, they write the agricultural policies in every country. Mm-hmm. They changed all the legislation around organics. So now the one of the articles at the NOFA, it's a North Organic Farming Association in the USA, a very good organization, uh, actually gives a research into percentages. About 75% of all so-called labeled organic chicken in uh, uh, supermarkets is not organic. It comes from battery chickens. They are ordinary, ordinary, ordinary chickens. Seriously? About 90, about 90% of so-called organic grain in the US comes from China. Yeah. Can you trust that label? Milk. What's happening in the milk is, uh, industry is just flabbergasting. Yeah. Uh, real organic farmers are going out of business because they can't afford to compete with the huge dairies which are allowed now to sell their milk as organic and it is not organic. Now, we, now have, we have now have organic pesticides, we have practices which have no place in organics because the government is just stamping, rubber stamping all of that. You yeah. cannot trust an organic label in any supermarket anymore. That's a sad news, but that's the way it is. Yeah. You have to find it's human to human contact. Yeah. People believe that somehow, you know, without human contact, they can sort of remotely still do okay. No, you have to look in the eye of a person who produced your food. Can you trust this person? Yeah. Is this a good person? Can you trust what he says or she says? That's how do we do this with so many people? on the planet, because I know a lot of people are listening to this and going, that's what I want to do. That would be perfect. But there isn't a farmer for 150 miles and I don't own a car and I have to get on a subway or whatever. There's going to be 8 billion people here on the planet real soon. So I know well, that you- when, when there is a will, there is a way. There are many companies yes. that deliver. There are box schemes around, which deliver yeah. not only vegetables, but eggs and milk and, and meat as well you just search you look and if you're really determined you will find it yeah and people i know in cities right now are doing vertical farming and growing uh mushrooms even in in band uh old abandoned buildings so there are things an economic uh you could create a whole new economy right in an inner city producing absolutely these foods and there's resources and i will put some of those resources um in the this uh the call at the bottom so that people can look into that because empowering ourselves is just so important and i love your attitude um it's just like yes you want to live you want a world better for your children and their grandchildren this is what we do we reclaim our most sovereign right which is what we put in our mouths one bite at a time we can can because what 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 happened to humanity yeah uh, we've been lured yes know, in, in wizard of oz there's a, a field of poppies yes which smells so sweet and so beautiful but yeah. you walk into that field and you get you know drugged up and you you, you lose yourself yeah that's, well, what's you happened, that's what's happened to humanity instead of being a human being a divine creature with a will power yes. with a free will you know a son and daughter of god basically we turned into dumb consumers. Yeah. You're just a consumer and you want to lead the life of a consumer. You are not a human being anymore. I can't wait till you read my books. You have given away your 
divine power to yeah. commercial industrial complex and not problem, a human being anymore it is time for every human being to reclaim that to stop yeah. being a consumer and become a human being we've turned into a monocrop a homogenized society and it's it make we know that is a sick disease in itself so i i we we want we 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 are going to make sure that this conversation spreads like a healthy virus because you heard Dr. Natasha earlier and and I've spoken about it before too there's plenty of viruses in our body viruses have been here from the beginning of the time and we're all yeah, trying to like the coronavirus the virus the virus but what we've done is we're just the virus is a, is really a representation of the viral conditions that we have created as a species on this planet which is affecting all of life kind our ways and our habits and it's not your fault but it's your responsibility it's each and every one of our responsibility once we have this information to regain our human rights our dignity and to make a difference and not be afraid and it's not like you have to go out there and march in the streets and 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 take up arms you 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 take up the arm by what's what you're putting in your mouth exactly exactly for every human being and the most basic right to reclaim is what you put in your mouth Yes. What you put in the mouths of your children. Yes. That's the most basic right. And if you look for good food, you'll be surprised how quickly and easily you will find it right in your local area. Yes. And and if nobody's doing it and nobody's creating it, what a fantastic opportunity for you to do that. And there are people like Dr. Natasha and myself and thousands of other people who are who are champions in permaculture and agroforestry and vertical farming that are eager to help you get started in making a difference one bite at a time in your community but dr natasha before we go i think it would be super important if you could share more about the gaps diet and the face of the gaps diet because there's a lot of vegans i know in in i even have friends who are vegans and or vegetarians a lot of people are doing these juice cleansing and juice fasting and on 100 different supplements um how does the gaps look at all of those being a vegan a vegetarian uh on a juice fat cleanse or whatever cuz the people are getting bombarded with information i have a book <laughs> called vegetarianism explained Please read this book. It's not a big book. It's quite a thin one and it's yeah. got nice pictures. It's easy to read. Um where, where I explain the whole thing. The propaganda for vegetarianism in the world comes from that industrial agricultural complex which is putting food into our supermarkets, making us all sick and then selling us drugs and sending us to the medical industry which is also part of their conglomerate. It's all it's all the same thing. It's all the same mafia. <laughs> Yeah. So this book explains to you where this propaganda comes from for vegetarianism and veganism. And this propaganda is based on uh, it's it's run by thousands of very clever psychologists. And they press on 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 buttons in people and they press on emotions and they press on religion, they press on politics and they press on ignorance. The whole propaganda is based on ignorance. And uh, what I explain in this book is how what the truth is. how i got interested in the whole thing i started getting all these anorexic girls and boys coming to me who also have mental illness 
men mental issues, of course, you know, anorexia usually comes with OCD or bipolar or, or something else like that. Um, OCD, bipolar and, and other uh, mental problems. And uh, I've discovered very quickly that vast majority of them became ill when they became a vegetarian. Before then, they were perfectly healthy, these yeah. youngsters. So I got interested. And the first thing I tried to do is to research if our science provides any clues. And I've discovered very quickly that there is not one, not one scientific study we can trust on this subject. None. They all have been produced by pro-vegetarian lobby, by that industrial uh, complex. And they were incorrectly designed, the data has been incorrectly analyzed, and the conclusions are false. You cannot trust any one of them. The biggest lie in the world is the China study. And it was funded by that industrial complex, and they're shaking it into everybody's face. This is the proof that we should all be vegan and vegetarian. It's a lie. And there are now books written on analyzing that study and showing just what a big lie it is. Wow. How, how fraudulent the whole thing is. Every every step in that study is fraudulent. So who funded the China study? Industrial complex uh, funded it, no doubt. But so having, having discovered that science has nothing to offer, I went back down to basics, to the basic sciences of physiology, human physiology, of anatomy, of clinical experience, my own and other medical doctors. You know, the true information that is out there, but you have to search for it. And based on all of that information and my own clinical experience, I have written this book. What I explain in this book, how human body functions yeah. and how foods nourish and um, heal our bodies. Basically, I, I don't have time to go in depth into this, but yeah. the basic uh, conclusion is that the only foods that feed and build the physical structure you live in your heavy bones, your heavy muscles, your big brain, your big liver, big lungs, big heart, your, your physical body that you live in. The only thing that builds and supports that physical structure are animal foods. Animal foods, meat, fish, eggs, and dairy. Plants are indigestible for the human digestive system and they do not build your physical structure or support it. The purpose of plants is to cleanse the human body, to keep us clean on the inside and provide a few core factors. Juices, minerals, a few vitamins here and there. But what the bulk of your body is made of, protein and fat, plants cannot provide. If you take water out of a human body, your body is about 70% water. And if we do it by molecular count, it's 90%. Yeah, if we take the water out of the human body, what's left, the dry weight is 50-50, protein and fat. When we analyze human protein and fat in a laboratory, we find that in their biochemical composition, they're very similar to proteins and fats we get out of meat, fish, eggs, and dairy. How can a ruminant animal like a cow be a vegetarian then and be so strong? Because I guess a they... cow has a very different digestive system. Yeah. The basic fact that we know from 1930s, from basic sciences, uh, is that the only thing on our planet that can digest plants are microbes. Nobody else can digest plants on our beautiful planet Earth. Only microbes can do that. Yeah. So Mother Nature used that fact, that scientific fact, in creating the digestive system of a cow. 
or giraffe or goat or sheep or another herbivorous animal. It gave them enormous several chamber stomachs called a rumen. Wow. A cow has three enormous stomachs. Majority of her big belly is that stomach called a rumen. And every part of that stomach is full of microbes, chock-a-block. Huge microbial community. So the cow doesn't digest the grass herself. It's that microbial community in her stomachs that digests the grass for her in her rumen. And the beef cows too. I mean, you, it's all amazing. Of all, you, of them, right? all of the herbivorous animals, including deer, antelope, zebra, all, all, over, all over the world. We human beings do not have a rumen. We have a small stomach, which produces hydrochloric acid. Yeah. The acidity can go below one when we're hungry, pH. Very hostile environment for any microbe to survive. That is why a human stomach is almost sterile. It's the only place in your body which has virtually no microbes in it. Which means we cannot digest plants. But I thought 80% of the microbes live in our stomach. Isn't that true? No, 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 no. When you swallow the food, it lands in your stomach. Yeah. That first part of the digestive system. That's called. It's confusing in the English language because in the English language, sometimes people call their whole belly stomach. That's not true. No, no, no. We're talking about the anatomical structure called stomach, which is about this big. It's not very big. And it's the first place where your food lands when you swallow it, when it goes down the pipe and lands in your stomach. So that stomach produces hydrochloric acid and some other elements, pepsin and other, other, other elements. And the only things that stomach juice can digest are meat, fish, eggs, and dairy. Plants are indigestible. Yeah. They just sit in your stomach waiting, maybe giving a few vitamins, a few minerals, maybe something, you know, some juices there. Fiber, fiber, they cannot, fiber. They cannot give you protein and they cannot give you fat. Plants have protein and fat in them, but when we analyze them in a lab, they're completely inappropriate in their biochemical structure and composition, completely inappropriate for building your protein and your fat. Yeah. The most researched protein in plants is gluten. And the more we research gluten, the more we realize that it actually is a poison. It damages everybody. Even if a person doesn't seem on the face of it uh, to get symptoms from gluten, everybody gets damaged by gluten. And that's only one protein that we have researched to any degree. There are lots of other proteins in plants which are all damaging and indigestible. Isn't it the gluten and the glycemate uh, combination that they're... That's what I've been uh, researching recently is the gluten glycinate is how that is. And, and, and Zach books speaks a lot to that. Dr. Um, Bush, um, you know, it, it like the old strains or the ancestral grains uh, were, were much more. Uh, whether it's an ancestral grain or whether it's, yes, the, the modern varieties of grain have 80 times more gluten. than Yeah. Natural. That's why everybody suddenly became gluten intolerant. Because yeah. the amount of gluten that people used to consume in the old varieties of grain. But many other things happened too. As, as the new varieties of wheat came in, antibiotics came in, contraceptive pill came in, vaccinations came in, electromagnetic pollution came in, and myriad thousands of chemicals came in, yeah. agricultural practices came in, processing practices came in, and food, lots of things happened. Not only the new variety of wheat was introduced to humanity. That's only one tiny aspect of it. So, but let's come back to the um, 
to the stomach. So whatever's digested in the stomach with that hydrochloric acid, pepsin, and other elements of the stomach juice, then passes into several meters of intestines. And intestines is where absorption of food happens. And the only things that can absorb are things that got properly digested up, higher up in the stomach. So that's again, meat, fish, eggs, and dairy. Yeah. So these are the things that are the easiest for us to digest and they absorb the best. They provide the best protein, the best fat, and they build the physical structure of your body. We have to understand also that the physical structure of our bodies are in use all the time because every cell in your body has a short life. Cells get old, they die, and they get replaced by newly born cells. So the body gives birth to trillions of cells every single day, whether whether you're a child or an adult or an elderly person. You're yeah. still renewing your body all the time. So by giving birth to all these cells, the body renews itself, heals any damage, rejuvenates and perpetuates itself for the length of your life. Children need double because they're not only renewing themselves, they are growing. So they need more protein and more fat for growth, children. So to give trillions of uh, birth to trillions of cells every day, building materials are required. Yeah. Protein and fat. And the only foods that can provide the right quality building materials are again, only animal foods. Plants cannot do that. So plants sit in your stomach doing nothing. Then they go through intestines, giving maybe a few juices, vitamins, a few minerals, cofactors, things like that, cleansing substances. Uh, but they cannot build your body and they cannot sustain the physical structure you live in. And then they land in the bowel at the end of your digestive system, the large intestine, where the stool forms, right? Uh, and that's where the majority of our microbial flora lives. That's an equivalent of the rumen in the cow, in the human being. That's where the microbes can really jump on all that plant matter and convert it into some useful substances. And But mainly they feed themselves, all of this, all those microbes on the plant matter. So <clears throat> the difference between the cow and the human being is that the cow's rumen is at the beginning of her digestive system before the absorption of food begins. In us human beings, our bowel is at the end of the digestive system. It's too late. Majority of the absorption has already happened higher up. So the only things that could get absorbed up there were things that got properly digested in your stomach. And that is again, meat, fish, eggs, and dairy. So to summarize, the only things that feed you and build your physical body are animal foods. Plants cannot do that for you. Plants are cleansers, powerful cleansers. They provide a myriad of chemicals and substances which keep your body clean on the inside, detoxify your body. That's what plants do for us. And people in traditional societies have understood that through thousands of years of experience. So they were working on um, methods to make plants a little bit more digestible, a little bit more feeding, not only cleansing. So these methods that they've developed, the most effective method is fermentation. And fermented foods we use in the GAPS uh, protocol extensively. We ferment most things, particularly yeah. in the plant uh, kingdom. So what fermentation does, you basically employing microbes outside yeah. your body to digest the food for you before you put it in your mouth. Yeah. Remember, only microbes can digest plants. 
Nobody else can digest plants on this planet, only microbes. So we employ microbes outside our bodies in a jar, in a crock pot, to digest all that vegetable matter for us before we put it in our mouths. So that then mass uh, comes in pre-digested. And that can provide you with a lot of nice nutrition and, and good things and it's much easier to digest and much less damaging substances because all plants contain chemicals which are called anti-nutrients which are specifically designed to damage your digestive system damage your joints damage your body plants is something we need to be very careful with it's yeah. the animal foods that are the easiest for us to digest and which are the most nourishing and building for us human beings well, these animals you will, you will not find these facts anywhere else, you know, uh, and the pro-vegetarian propaganda that's going in the world has turned it all upside down. In fact, you know, what, what my, my, my conclusion is, um, particularly in the last two years, whatever the mainstream tells you, you have to turn it upside down and you will see the truth. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. I was just... I wish I could end right there, but I, I that was beautiful. I, 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 a woman after my own heart. But it is almost like what you were just saying. You know, I'm a big fermenter and bone broth maker, and I, I mean, I have a whole refrigerator with all fermented varieties of fermented foods. But um, it's like the cows and the sheep and the goats and the chickens, who are all vegetarians. They're actually fermenting our foods for us they're processing it down for us i mean when i look think about everything you just said i think well they're they're like this big microbe that and that's why you know i mean i don't know how you want to look at this people who are they're, they're a microbial factory they're a microbial factories processing plants that's what they are yeah so the that we plant matter microbes do the work they convert the plant matter into the meat milk for us but then now, now we have to figure out because of the methane and the problems from producing these animal products. That is another lie that has been put out by the industrial agricultural complex. Methane comes from nitrogen fertilizers. 90% mm -hmm. of methane in the atmosphere comes from nitrogen fertilizers that the arable agriculture uses extensively because they've damaged the soils they killed the soils if they don't put nitrogen fertilizer on that soil nothing will grow at all yeah so farmers modern arable farmers they are addicted to nitrogen fertilizers <laughs> and majority of that nitrogen fertilizer turns into methane and goes right up into the atmosphere that is where methane comes from not from farting cows that's you a lie that's you guys, if you see Mama Donna smiling here, is because this woman is so right on. I mean, I am so grateful for you explaining that myth and that lie and why there's all these methane pools and just, I mean, basically a huge part of the uh, carbon that is not be, that's being admitted into the world and not sequestered is because of this nitrogen fertilizer which happened all after world war ii when they couldn't figure out what to do with all the nitrogen from the nitrogen bombs it's kind of like fluoride they didn't know what to do with all the fluoride so they put it into our food system and our toothpaste so, so the carbon out there and the, the methane out there is caused yes. by arable industrial agriculture yes. growing plants and Imagine I know what will happen to our poor planet if majority of the population became vegan. More plants need to be produced. That's yeah. the end of our planet. The planet will be finished. 
Yeah. So by becoming a vegan or a vegetarian, you are destroying the planet Earth. Yeah. You are not saving it. You are destroying it through your ignorance and emotions. Wow. So you guys have a lot of you guys. I'm sorry, might... I'm sorry to become. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Strongly like that. I mean, if, if anything, if anything, you guys really, when you really think about it, it's 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 knowledge is power, and and this is um, with when we can see what is happening right now in the world with this virus out of control just like i write about in the conscious cure solutions to 21st century pandemics and i have to have a copy here somewhere if you haven't read this book which dr Dokotash, i can't wait to have a look at um you know we, we it's time to take our lives into our own hands and it's time to put our hands into the soil and if we don't have soil we find those who are tending the soil and those those are the people that are the next generation that is going to create a world where generations can live and survive on this planet earth Absolutely. We, every one of us has to regain, retake our personal power back Yes. from the industry, from the governments, from the society. Yes. Stop being a consumer, become a human being with consciousness, with mind, with a brain, for God's sake. Start thinking for ourselves. Start getting the right information for ourselves. Only then humanity has hope and only then uh, our planet has hope. Thank you so much, Dr. Natasha. And we are going to put your link and everything, how people can get a hold of you. And um, I know that I don't I think you have other people besides yourself too that work with people to help them transition into um a, a not only a diet, but really a lifestyle and a mental um state of being to uh, endure and get through these challenging times because the healthier we are, the healthier Mother Earth is. And the more stewards of the Earth right now, the better. This is super important for all of you on this call to get this information to yourself, absorb Dr. Natasha's books, reach out to her on her website, which will be in the bottom of this chat um, on all my stations. So, um, Dr. Natasha, I just want to thank you so much for joining us for a dose of positivity. To me, this was one of the most positive conversations I have ever had in my entire life, not just on this call. It's super empowering to some of you. It might seem like, oh my gosh, how to change my whole world. But you know what? The whole world needs to change anyway. So that is the world is lost. <laughs> the world is lost. But I'd like to finish on a positive note to say that human body is a miraculous creation. It's part of nature. It's the tip of evolution on our planet. It has every mechanism of healing itself, maintaining itself, and making itself happy and healthy and joyful. Programmed into it. Your own body heals itself. Not the doctor, not the pill, not the book, uh, not the diet. You have to be in charge. And in order to be in charge and heal your body, you have to listen to it. It knows what it's doing. If you start listening to it, tuning into it and giving it what it's asking for, rather than dictating to it and throwing things at it, then you will heal from any disease. <laughs> that is 
about as positive as like you can absolutely be right there. Now we just all have to be willing to step into our best version of ourselves and not let somebody stomp it out. So thank you so much, Dr. Natasha.